What's up, people? Welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast. I'm Ryan here with Jeremy, as always. What's good, everybody? Um, what did we do last week? West Nile. West Nile, uh, which I honestly cannot stop listening to. Like, yeah, I that fucking Missouri Life of Fucking Crime EP is so dope. I'm looking forward to hearing the Danny Diablo West Nile collab yeah fuck yeah hopefully we can get the two of them on an episode and talk about their shit together um we're trying to work that out so fingers crossed social media stuff you can find everything in the episode description i'm not gonna go through and list all the stuff because just type in noise avocation yeah type in noise avocation you can follow us on twitter instagram facebook youtube oh yeah youtube it seems like more people utilize like Apple Podcasts and Spotify than for podcast episodes rather than YouTube. I think maybe because we're not visual, like the YouTube right, doesn't right. really hit off as much just because people aren't trying to use that as listening to a only audio type of thing. We'll be and visual a lot of, at some point. A lot of like podcasts, or I mean a lot of YouTube applications, when you go to close out the video, it just stops playing so like when you're playing on apple Podcasts or spotify or whatever you use to play it oh, keeps yeah, going see, in the background gotcha so i think like yeah like if you answer non- your phone or something yeah 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 yeah. and it like just cuts the video out mm-hmm. or if you're trying to like open multiple apps and shit so i think that's why our youtube doesn't get as many hits as what our like uh streaming services do which is fine i, I ran mean, into it's just that another, myself if you're listening to something and then you don't realize it's coming off YouTube and you, like, close it and you're yeah. like, what the fuck? But, I mean, I, we try to get on every platform just so if anybody has some type of preferred platform, like, we get it out there to whatever we can get it on to help spread the name of the show. So, um, one thing I would like to mention for people to do is, like, on Instagram especially... Uh, share our episodes to your story, tell your people, you know, let people know, get it out there more. Because building up an account from scratch on Instagram now is a royal pain in the ass. Especially if you don't, like, pay for your shit to be boosted all the time and stuff like that. Right, we're doing it, like, the natural way. It's hard to get uh, profile hits because it's just so buried and everything. But with that being said, thank you to all the regular listeners and people who do take the time to listen. We do have a lot of stuff coming up in the next few weeks, interview-wise. And this episode that we're doing today was kind of one that we just threw together, not last minute, but like we just put it together for something that we could have fun with, just as a break in between interviews. Before we get into that, though, Record Store Day was last week. Lots of fun, lots of fun. Yeah, it was lots of fun, a good turnout. I mean, we had, like, the best allocation that I've had so far since doing Record Store Day, so that was really cool. Um, I remember, like, the first one that I ever did here, I had 45 records or something like that, and I was so nervous, too. Fuck yeah. Like, I was sweating bullets when we actually had a lineup, and the lineup was only, like, eight people or something, like, in the morning. I don't even remember how many it actually was. I just remember the fucking... All hell breaking loose at 11 when everybody just started grabbing shit because it was like the first time, you know? Yeah, yeah, and we didn't have it organized the way that we do now with the numbers and everything to where, like, the way we do it now, it runs smooth. I've had 
some people that have done it at other stores that have come here that are like, you guys do like the smoothest record store day that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, and it's enjoyable for the customer. Yeah, because you're not like shoulder to shoulder with somebody like being rushed to All get right. your shit. Like we call you up one by one in order of how you arrived. And well, did you notice you have time to sit and look through the stuff rather than like, oh my God, I got to flip through this right. before somebody gets it. The guy in the front, the first guy that was here, he handed his ticket, his number to Steve, you know, and was just waiting for Steve to grab because that's how they thought it was. And then down the line, a couple other people thought it was like that too. Where it's like, no, man, you can go up there and fucking take your time. And they were like super impressed with that shit. Yeah. And that one guy that got here was here at six in the morning. I think that was like the earliest so far that somebody's arrived. Usually the first people get here around seven or eight. Yep. I think six took the cake and broke the record, though. The Taylor Swifts all went in, like, 25 minutes, which wasn't really all that surprising. What surprised me was that fucking... Randy Savage. Randy Savage. Yeah. And I just, like, I I tell, I was telling my fucking old lady, too, I'm like, I was watching this guy, like, up until his number. Yeah. Just and he was, like, number... fucking bullets He was number time. 29, Yeah, too. and he still got it, so that was, like, a highlight for me. I was yeah. pretty stoked for that dude. And those are going for like two, three hundred dollars online now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I knew that. Was but they only happen. did a thousand of them. I thought they did way more. And there was just so many things that were real low quantities. But there were a couple other people that were looking out for like uh, Mac Miller in the nineteen seventy five, yep. which they only did very small amounts of. And I only had like two Mac Millers, and I think one nineteen seventy five. And most stores I didn't see get more than two or three of 1975 either because I think there was 2,000 total. Well, 75,000 American presses for Taylor Swift doesn't leave a lot of room for anyone else, you know? Yeah. And it was 115,000 worldwide. I know in the last episode in the beginning I said 75,000, but that was just the United States. Yeah, 110 you said? 115. 115, I'm sorry. Yeah worldwide and the the wild thing is is like usually after record store day is over there's a residual quantity list that you can buy and like i try to pitch that to people during the day because if there's like oh i didn't get a chance to get this maybe i'll have a chance to get it next week or whatever if i can order it in and some people lucked out with that like there was a girl that got wanted dolly parton but the last one sold like two spots before or something like that i was able to get more of those and Which then there is were, awesome. There were a few other things, but the Taylor Swift was completely gone. Yeah. Like, all 115,000 was gone. I believe that, man. Just, like, the weird thing is, too, is the people that you can totally tell that come in here, you know, because we're, we're obviously here all the time, but it's just like, oh, we know what you're here for. You can just tell, like, immediately. Yeah. And, and some then they people, want, like, three of them and shit, you yeah. know? There was only, like, one or two people that really tried to like try to squeeze more than one out of me i think more people now are getting more familiar with the terms of how it has to be right i don't know if other stores limit people to one but like you have when i got shit like that like taylor swift and stuff that people are getting like trying to get multiple of because if i said yeah you can buy more than one there'd be that one crazy taylor swift guy that drives way up here buying all 10 of them Dude, even somebody that's not in, like think about it from a business standpoint. like somebody that's got a few hundred dollars that wants to come in here and 
and make a buck, they're going to buy all seven of them and immediately flip them. Yeah, because they were going for like 200 bucks. There you go. So they were 40 retail, and yeah, yeah it's I just, mean, that, it's, yeah, you have you're to making $160 on all of them. Not to mention, like, the, even people that we know here, if you didn't limit it, it'd be like half the shit would be gone before the next person got up there, you know? Yep. Even, like, when Trav went up, he, like, he came back with, like, a fucking... Yeah, and he's, like, reserved. He's, like, I'm I'm being reserved. Yeah, he had, like, 17 records or some shit. I but he, he did have... me that fucking T-Rex. Yeah. Sucker. Sorry, you're not a cocksucker, Trav. <laughs> um, I know he, like, bought a couple things for somebody that was out of town that gave mm-hmm. him money to kind of, like, placehold their shit, which I said was okay, like, because... Because it's Trav. Yeah. He's a... I mean, he's been one of the biggest supporters of Record Store Day since I started it. You, Trav, and a handful of other people were, like, the first ones really to come in. And now it's, like, there's people that I don't even see come into the store regularly that are here. And I'm, like, who the fuck is this guy? It's, like, huh. That Uh, one dude that was trying to get Swift for his daughter. Yeah, yeah. He was, like, 19, I think, in line. Because he's like, how does this work? And I'm, like, explaining it to him. And I was like, here's your place. I was like, I got 10 Taylor Swifts or whatever I had. <laughs> I was like, ooh, 19. I don't That's know. That's close, man. man. I think he got the last one. That's cool. But I don't know. What was some of your favorite shit that came out for Record Store Day? Um, I was really uh, happy about the fucking Diabolic album. Sounds fucking great. He's got great production on there and guest spots and all that, you know? Yeah. That was the... The first time that that record actually got pressed, so yeah, they that did was a happy. CD copy in 2010 when it came out, and then that was it. Since then, that there's never it. been Just a repress. One of press any. of a CD, yeah, huh. yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm trying to think in my head now. The Holland Wolf live, that yeah. was a pleasant surprise. Live at Alice's restaurant or something like that. I can't remember the yeah. exact name of it. I did a little reading into it, and that was the only live album put out while Holland Wolf was alive. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that, you know, so that was, that was cool. We had this guy come in here a few days after Record Store Day, and I, I don't think he was familiar with anything that went on. Right. Um, but he comes in, and we get this a lot, too, where he was like, you got any Holland Wolf? He's like, anything Holland Wolf, I'll buy it. Anything yeah. Holland Wolf. And I had one of those records left. Yeah, yeah. I think they were like 28 bucks or something like that. And uh Steve like handed it to him and he's like this is like the only thing we got right now yeah. Holland Wolf he's like that shit just doesn't really pop up that often um, and when it does it's usually a repress yeah, yep. so he like looks at it sets it down didn't buy it fucking people I was like dude you came in here and you're like I'll buy anything Holland Wolf and blood, like ranting and raving and you get I'm assuming he thought there probably wasn't any and then, like, I handed it to him. It's under $30, and he bought, like, some $3 junk. Yeah, dude. And now it's gone. Well, on the Holland Wolf He was kid. like, I think I'll, I'll, I'll think about it and come back. And Steve was like, dude, it's gone today. And I think you came in and bought it shortly after. No, when I, when I left, there was still one left. Oh, okay. I got it because I got it the day after or later on that day or Somebody something. else bought it the, that same day. That that guy was here because he was here first thing in the morning, like before I even got here. Huh. Well, maybe it was me. Fuck, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was you. Well, fuck you, sir. <laughs> That's a great album. Um, yeah, there was a. 
the fuck else? I mean, now I'm just trying to think in my head all the uh, catch I have there. Some uh, pretty backed up. The RZA stuff that came out was cool. The Ooh, I Love You, Rakim, the Prince Rakim album. And then Bobby Digital came out. Yep, Bobby Digital came. The ODV picture disc. Oh, I forgot about the old dirty picture disc. That's dope. Yeah. I was, uh, I was like, kind of like on the fence about it. And then I flipped it over and was like, there's a picture of him on the, like, yeah, he's all drunk side? on the couch. Yeah, just laughing. It's not even about being drunk so much. It's just like he looks so fucking happy right yeah. there, you know? That was cool. Kind of more of a... Uh, the Cure show was cool. Talking piece, yeah. Did you get to listen to it? Mm-hmm. How did it sound? Pretty decent? Yeah, for a picture disc, it was actually really good. Yeah, they're coming along. And it was... I mean, like, it's impressive how well they play live in yeah. general because I was like, damn, this is a fucking phenomenal show. I wanted it simply because it was an Auburn Hills show in Michigan. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. I mean, just outside of that, like, just how well they play live was outstanding. And they, I don't know how they press picture discs now compared to back then. I know that there was a layering process back then, and I imagine that there still has to be now. But whatever they do now sounds a lot better than some of the picture discs from, like, back oh, in dude, the day I, that I've heard. I, I agree. Like I have the some, 70s ones? Yeah, I have some old even. things that sound absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of Aussie ones from the 80s, and it straight up says on there, like, it says, does not sound... Or will not have a quality sound due to fucking processing. Like, it tells yeah. you, this is going to sound like shit, but it looks cool. Because it basically, like, they have the the picture, and there's, like, a lacquer layer over it. And then they press and then the there's, sides. And then there's another layer that presses the actual grooves. So it just, I don't know, there's too much something blocking the information or something. I don't know exactly how it works. Now, the last picture disc that I got since we're on the subject was um, Cold Caves Cremations, which was uh, an assembly of a bunch of 7-inches singles, blah, blah, blah. And that sounds um, sounds good, but that's because it's kind of like a lo-fi, new wave-ish kind of thing, so you can get away with it, I guess. It was made to sound that way. Maybe. Kind of. But then I noticed some other, like I have Danzig Picture Disc, the first album, but the only thing that's the quote-unquote picture is the Danzig logo. So most of it's regular, or at least it seems to be. Right. Trying to think of anything else. Oh, Sisters of Mercy, the Uh, Register Day release. That was uh, good. The Reptile EP. Yep. Yeah, that Um, shit's awesome. I listened to that a couple times through already. The Ramones, Pleasant Dreams, New York mixes. That was cool. I like how they had like a whole different cover for it. Yeah, that's cool. that Pleasant Dreams cover originally was... Cheesy. Cheesy. And I think a lot of people overlooked it because it Double had that like cartoony cartoony dude in a top hat on it. And um It's like a shadow like a old fucking like yeah. Hannah Barbara T V show. It's a good album though. Oh no, it kicks ass. It's just uh I know what you mean by that cover though. The it cover was very weird. misleading because a lot I've heard it. A lot of people have been like, I've never even seen that record or didn't know it was a Ramones record or something like that. Yeah, know? I guess I could see that. And yeah, the the cover that came out Saturday was uh, definitely cooler and way more, I guess, in the Ramones traditional cover, four dudes on the front. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Joan Jett, up, up Your Alley, that got a repop. Yeah. 
I like that. That particular album stands out because she has the uh, I Want to Be Your Dog cover on it. Before everybody covered I Want to Be Your Dog. Yeah. The Muddy Waters live album was really good. There was a lot of good blues, like B.B. King, Muddy Waters, yep. had a couple, Holland Wolf, Willie Dixon. It, it was cool. I was surprised at the um, variety and selection this, this time around. Yeah, aside from Taylor Swift hogging up most of the release space, I, I think it was a really good record store day overall, especially for the variety and releases that came out. Definitely. I also would like to say to whoever is in control of the record store day weather, we're getting sick of it raining every fucking time, so <laughs> a little sun would be nice next time around. Yeah. It's like the second or third year in a row like that. I know. I think, honestly, though, I kind of like letting people in before it, we yeah. actually open and not selling till 11, because then people start digging around records. Yeah. yeah and by yeah. the time they even, like, come up to the counter, they, they already got a pile, got a pile of, shit. of shit. No, it is a good idea. And I honestly think it helps the people that aren't here all the time, like, settle down a little bit. Yeah. I can see that for you know, sure. Standing outside for an extra few hours and then wondering when they're gonna get in yeah yeah i seen like dearborn music's lineup i oh. showed you that video dude it was around like three blocks of a lineup. <laughs> this shit's nuts i can't see them getting a whole like there's only a thousand copies or two thousand copies of this record or that record they're not gonna get like a hundred more than anybody else no i don't i didn't see any store that got more than one copy of randy savage and you have like 40 people came in here and there was like 4,000 people lined up at the, you know, and you're getting the same quantity of shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. We had like 40 people lined up initially and then like throughout the whole day. Yeah. They trickle in. I'd say it was probably like 100 people here. Total. But we're a, I mean, we're a smaller store. So, like, well, sure. Dearborn, Dearborn has the populace of fucking all of the metro surrounding areas. And it's been around since the beginning of and, time. Yeah. It's been around for a long time. But anyway. Moving on past Record Store Day, so this uh, fun little tidbit of an episode that we're going to do here, and I, we were, I don't want to get too in detail of it, just because I'm sure most people are tired of top five lists, so we'll make it kind of short and sweet. I'm sure we'll babble on a little bit. That's what we do. But if you're a record person, music person, etc., there's a good chance that you've seen High Fidelity. Um, I get asked all the time how much... Yeah. Like how similar it is to the, the movie. actual movie. We answered that. Like how much of it is true. Too. Yeah, Somebody K- asked Killbot that. Asked yeah. Us that. And the, the, he's not the only one. Like I've been asked that a ton of times. Like how often is this, uh, does high fidelity play out? Yeah, to yeah. You? And it's pretty fucking spot on. Like <laughs> yeah, it really dude, it's does. Funny. It really does happen a lot. Cause there's been days where we've been like top five albums to play on a desert island. Yeah. yeah. And it just, passes the time and shit because some days especially in the winter i mean it's dead as fuck so you got to keep your sanity but so we took a few of the top five lists from high fidelity which are top five albums to play on a monday live albums top five live albums which originally we were going to do top five a sides because that is what is in the movie but that was really hard to do because I kept feeling like I was dismissing the second half of any record that I looked into. That might be a fucking kick-ass second side. Yeah, because, like, it's hard for me to be like, okay, Nas Illmatic, 
Side A, love it. But I mean, side B is fucking great too. Yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, it was hard for me to decipher an only side A for a record. So we changed that one to top five live albums. And then the last being top five songs about death. So Jeremy and I both have our own lists and we're just going to bounce them off each other. I don't know his, he doesn't know mine. There may be some that are similar, there may not be. I can say for songs about death, I did not include any death metal simply for the fact because it was so goddamn hard to pick one death metal song about death yeah i don't have any i didn't use any um well i guess it depends which way you look at it but i technically didn't use any what you would call death metal bands in my death list because like to me like the way i looked at the death one was more like mourning somebody's death or songs about that revolve around death instead of like fucking 200 stab wounds cut you up into itty bitty pieces that's what i mean i kind of did i was unsure of that going into it so i don't know i kind of weaved in and out a little bit but i didn't put like kill whitney dead on the fucking list because how are you gonna pick one song you can't and with the live albums, I did not include any jazz because same reason. It was yeah. hard as fuck for me to pick one live jazz album and put it on a list. So just in order to keep my sanity, those kind of got dismissed. That doesn't mean that they're not great or not included, but that's just how it played out. Because if you've ever tried to make a list of five things and you're a like avid music listener, it is fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. I just Like you said, I kind of just... I didn't want to think about it too much because you paint yourself into a corner. You know what I mean? Like, this is completely from my head, so yeah, it's kind of all over the place, but yet still, you know, it's coming from me. So being that this episode will be Monday when it's released tomorrow, why don't we start with top five albums to play on Monday? Sounds good. And mine are in no real particular order. I could have put them in particular order, I guess, but that was hard, too. Mine aren't in any particular order. Same reason, man. Like, I I didn't even think, going into it, I'm like, I can't fucking put these in order. Like, it's just too hard for me. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead with your first. All right. My first song to play on a Monday. Did you do songs or albums? Songs. Fuck, I did albums. You did albums on Monday? Yeah. <laughs> did you do albums? So you did? I did top five songs about death, top five albums to play on Monday, and top five live albums. Okay, so I did songs Songs might have been easier, actually. Yeah, dude. But anyway, just go ahead. Okay, so I did Path of Resistance Counter, classic song, you know, This World Won't Defeat Me. That's it. I mean, it just puts you in a good mood, man, and makes you want to go out and kick fucking ass, you know? Yeah, which is a good outlook to have on a monday because a lot of people go into monday like oh fuck that's kind of the way i looked at it was like from at least on monday from like a motivational kind of point of view and i've had tons of mondays where i've not wanted to do anything or felt like kind of like eh. but like in the last few years like i don't know i love mondays i try to it's like the start of the new week i try to make the best of them instead of Cause it's fucking draining to go into every Monday like fuck. I gotta do Monday again. Like, oh, dude, yeah. So I just try to be like, shit. It's Monday. I get to do this, that, and the other again. Like, 
I don't know. It's a good way to look at it. It's a it, fresh start day or something. Yeah, it makes it easier than dreading it. And oh, then dude, just I'm a dreading. Just waiting for... That being said, I do have... Like, this first one I'm going to go over is a little dreadful, but um, Atmosphere, the Lucy Ford EP's album. Oh, so good. Like, the song Like Today is about, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, pretty much repeating the same day over and over again type of thing. And, like, just being... It's a gloomy, like kind of reminds me of like a rainy day type of song yeah like it's it's groundhog day like yeah boring ass everyday life shit and that album like through and through is kind of gloomy but at the same time it's also kind of uplifting right so, i mean you know if people are unfamiliar with it go check it out uh but what do you got after that uh vinnie paz and the song i picked is ain't shit changed and that's off of his first record which, that, honestly, that whole record for me is kind of a motivator, I guess. But that particular song, when he's like, every morning I rise up, I open my eyes, and I'm the shit. Like, and the whole fucking thing, man, it's just, I love that song. Everything yeah. he spits about, and like, again, it makes you fucking get up and just want to fucking make money and be cool, you know? That is a good one. I have A Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory, which is just one of my favorite albums of all time, and an album that I've often noticed myself playing a lot on a Monday. Gotcha. Uh, not for any like particular reason, other than just it's jazzy, it's fun, it's it makes you want to move. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not fucking abrasive as shit. Yeah. That being said, I do have one abrasive album on here. Oh, I'm about to, I'm about to take it there. Go ahead, take it there. Shockwaves, The Ultimate Doom is another Monday one for me. I like to play the intro, too, before with it. I don't know if I know. Like, I know. I'm just trying to think of that song. It's the the first song on, um, or well, it would be the second song on the Ultimate Doom album. But uh, I'll have to go back and listen to it. It just starts out, you know, it's like, we are the ones, the ones who you fear. We are the final word. We are the ultimate doom. I mean, that shit just... Uh, every time I hear that song, if I'm having a shit day, like, that just makes me feel like, fuck it, I can break through all this shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's got a sick fucking breakdown in it. There is a ton of hardcore that has, like, a... And that's kind of the... A perseverance type right. of message And to that's kind of where my whole fucking Monday went to. Yeah. Um, I have All in All by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Again, just because it's really fucking fun yeah, and funky. makes you want to move. It's funky. It's it's uplifting. It's, I don't know, it's it's earth, wind, and fire, dude. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. There's a lot of 70s, like, funk in there that's really good for that, like the Commodores and... Uh, yeah. See, if this would have been a top five to play on Sunday, it would have been filled with Motown. Because I don't right. know what it is about Sunday, but Sunday mornings I always listen to Motown. Gotcha. Like I woke up this morning and just threw on a Motown playlist yeah, while yeah. I was like doing some work stuff. I don't know what it is about it. I just I love it for Sundays. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. love it any day, really. No, but, but like, you find for, yourself playing it more. Yeah. Like, I remember growing up, my stepdad played fucking polka on Sundays. I hated it. But, like, yeah, I mean, dude. that was his thing, I guess, you know? So, but I developed Motown over time on Sundays. So, I guess I understand if that's your thing. I've been living in this town all my whole life, and I still don't know why people listen to Polk on fucking Sundays. I don't know either. Like, is it, it's not a church thing. 
I think so, it just started, and it, that's just what they do. Maybe the Sunday was the day that they had poker radio or something. Well, I know they always play poker poker on Sundays on the fucking radio. Yeah. And so maybe there isn't more days that they do it. I don't know. No, I think it's only Sunday they jam the polka. But I don't know why they started. I'll have to ask my old lady about that. She's Polish. I love you. <laughs> my next song, another hardcore fucking staple, Bad Brains Attitude. I got that PMA. Enough said. That's another good one, yeah, for sure. My This one is a uh, a guilty pleasure album, and it's one of those ones that I could really play this on any day just because it's a lot of fun, but the outfield play deep. Has, oh, that like, album is fucking so underrated, dude. It's so good. It's just really fun. I mean, it, it, lyrically, there is some of the sad stuff on there. Like, Say It Isn't So is actually kind of a sad song lyrically. Yeah. But it's uplifting musically. musically. Yeah, I like when shit does that. Anybody who's not f- familiar with the outfield, they had the hit, um, I Want to Use Your Love. Yeah. I don't want to lose your love tonight, or I don't want to lose, lose your, your love tonight. tonight yeah. In case anybody didn't know, that there is record a lot goes more to that record than yeah, that fucking that, song. Dude. That whole record's really good, yeah. but it goes for like thirty, forty dollars now. What? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I think it's just because of that song. Weird. When I got it, it was like five. Yeah, it, it was like a dead mint copy. Too. Yeah, same here. It was like yeah, dollar bin fucking record that was minty. But you could do that years ago now. I don't know what the fuck. Uh, my next and last Monday song is um, by a band called The Trouble. And it's the name of the song is Dead and Gone. However, American Nightmare covered it. That's how I found out about it. Is it Trouble or The Trouble? The Trouble. I don't know that one. Well, you, you got me all fucked up, son. Oh, my the, bad. No, you're good. The Trouble. <laughs> I was just thinking of, like, the, the rock band Trouble. like. Yeah, no, no, it's The Trouble. And actually, the cover is pretty straightforward because they kind of scream it and shit, too. Mm-hmm. But the American Nightmare version is on their year one album. Fuck, man. Like, the lyrics are, uh, every day I'm reminded of my mistakes and every day I'm reminded of what it takes. It's fucking good shit, man. Same kind of thing, motivating, but, like... In that song, it's kind of like looking backwards at all the shit that's brought you to this point, and it's like, keep fuck, fuck it, dude, keep going, keep going. You're still fuck it, you know. If you're not moving forward, you're, you're moving, moving backward. Right, right. And uh, I just have, I think American Nightmare did it better than the original writers, The Trouble, which is probably why you've, you know, they're a sm- smaller band. I want to say they have something like 840 monthly listeners. Which isn't too bad, but the last thing they released was in 2010. So I don't even know. And the song is from 2005. But that's my Monday, my Monday songs. My I could love, keep going, but like, that's what I got. No manic Monday. Um, my last Monday would be Bolt Thrower Warmaster. Hell yeah! And that is uh, simply purely because of. I mean, it makes you want to, like, fucking... It reminds me of, like, Conan type of thing. No, I was like, going like, to say, you want to, like, march into You want to, like, shit. storm into battle yeah, type of shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, it's just a, it's a great Monday album to uh, want to fuck some shit up to. Speaking of which, um, that latest little EP 
bolt thrower that just came out. With the head. With the, yeah. Spearhead and uh, Cenotaph. God damn, that shit is fucking good, dude. Yeah. Anybody out there should pick that up or check it out. It's remastered, but. I got one. awesome. I have one copy left in store. But yeah, it's a it's a great record, and if for any listeners who for whatever reason aren't familiar with Bolt Thrower, you should be. You should be. So do yourself a favor and go check that out. And then, if you're a regular listener, you listen to the Frozen Soul episode. So definitely go check them out too, because they are right up the same alley as Bolt Thrower. Hey, I think they're on the trajectory to really uh go somewhere right now. Yeah. Uh, moving on into death. You want to, okay, death. songs about death. All right, not, not the songs. not the band. You got songs, not albums. Of death. Yeah, songs. Okay, I did songs too for this one. The only one we fucked up was the uh, <laughs> Monday. That's fine. Remember when I texted you yesterday, like the order, and you're yeah. like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "All right, cool." Totally wrong. <laughs> that's uh, that's my bad. Then. That's funny because I didn't. I must have not read it correctly. Oh, yeah, you did. You said Monday songs, live albums, and death songs. And I said yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> My fault. It's all good, dude. Anyway, songs about death. Go ahead. My first one is kind of, I guess this is like we were talking about trying to keep it out of death metal, but um, I chose Acid Baths, Dead Girl. Didn't know if you were going to go that route or not. I almost put Venus Blue on there. Yeah, I almost did too, and then I went back to Dead Girl. And uh, I didn't put Acid Bath on. Okay. I was like, it was on there at one point, and then uh, I removed it for something. That was the one I was like, ah, he might have that on there. Yeah. But was, um, that was one of those that I like, I was going through, because initially when I was thinking, it was like sad songs, because I'm thinking like, Oh, death, like songs to play at a funeral yeah, type yeah. of thing or something like that, not like suicidal or shit like that. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, damn, there's a huge spectrum of death songs yeah, out I there. I know. Between like murdering, suicide songs, like songs about grieving, like I, it's just like, there's a broad spectrum of them. Well, when I think of uh, Dead Girl and he's like singing from When Death Sleeps, It Dreams of You, so it's like literally about. So I was like, yeah, that's a good way to go, I guess. Yeah. And the song's pretty fucking kick-ass and scary. My first, I had uh, Legends Never Die by R.A. the Rugged Man, which is a song dedicated to the passing of his father. And he actually, like, kind of cries at one point in the song. Like, the song's, like, super fucking emotional. And I'm not, like, real close with my dad or anything, but, like, even just listening to that shit, like, tears me up. Oh, shit. That was on the album before the one that just came out. I can't remember the name of it. I think it was Legends Never Die. Yeah, where he's on there with the fucking crazy armor helmet. Yep. uh, My next song about death is Hate Breed's Last Breath. And, uh, you know, he's like, I felt your last breath, blah, blah, blah. Now, when uh, a friend of mine died, it was like his grandpa, but his grandpa was my friend, too. When I went to see him... Like seconds, minutes after he died, one second, maybe minutes, I happened to be wearing a hate breed hoodie and I felt, and as I was young, you know, 16, 17, and uh, that ran, that helped me, that song helped me not, not grieve him in a, like, I'm going to cry about it way, more in a, like, a celebrate way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that was, um, 
That was my second song. Mine was Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst by Kendrick Lamar, which is a song. It's actually two songs combined. Uh, One of the songs, Sing About Me, is about one of his friends that passed away who specifically said, like, if you ever have an album drop, like, make sure to put me in your song type of thing. And then the second half of it was about somebody's sister who was a prostitute who was like raped and murdered or something like that and it's it's like a 12 minute song but it's just like very personal it's really deep it's really uh it's crazy that like both of the sides of the story are true yeah 12 minute epic mine are a little uh not so that's fucking deep man i'm trying to keep this shit lighthearted. <laughs> oh i get a little more into here <laughs> these, these next three are fucking tear jerkers damn <laughs> all right my next one is and then you can see like i like you're already the way that we looked at it is funny you know or yeah. not funny interesting you have two like tear jerkers Actually, they're honestly all tearjerkers. And then uh, all okay, five. My next one is um, Tiger Army's Incorporeal. Oh man, that's a good one. Yeah, where he's like, "Like you, I once was. Like me, you shall be." And he just, I'll put obviously I'm gonna put the songs on a playlist, so when you listen to it. But that song really reminds me of um, the summer before my kid was born, and uh, that song's fucking killer, man. All about being a ghost and like being trapped you know like it's incorporeal is a term that came from hp lovecraft like a story and yeah it's just talking about being trapped between fucking earth and heaven and hell like and you're just stuck and it sucks but it's a fucking killer song fast like a billy which you guessed after that i have flicker by atmosphere which is a song about one of his best friends dying there's a lyric in there that is like, you're my brother who told you you could die before me type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, uh, it's on the album Southsiders. It's, I don't know, that song always like kind of reached out to me a bit. It just, I like how deep Slug gets in his music and his writing and how personal he gets with it. Yeah, yeah. My next one, this was kind of, this is kind of a, uh, a more popular fucking song. To say that it's a good song about death, but Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. Oh, uh, yeah. That's um, a good one, too. But with Jeff Buckley singing it. I mean, either way, you can go either way. For me, I really, really love Leonard Cohen's voice. However, the fact that Jeff Buckley made that song popular, popular. again and then died makes it all that much more. Like, that's a tearjerker for me, I suppose. Not the Leonard Cohen version so much. But the Buckley version, you know, if you're in the kind of a shitty, sad mood already, that'll fucking bring the tears out. Yeah, for sure. And I don't even really care for that Jeff Buckley album, but like that song right. is very well written. And I think, you know, don't quote me, even though you're supposed to quote me, but this song took Cohen, I want to say like 10 years to write or something fucking crazy like that. It took him a long time to write it. He Which was is like, crazy because it's not even a long song. None, but he had like so many different like. Because think parts. about like that Kendrick song that's twelve minutes. Like, I don't think that took him ten years to write. Fuck no, it probably took him like a day. But I don't know. It's just crazy, I mean, you know. The, but I mean, he had both had probably had different circumstances in their life that led him to be inspired to write about it. Oh, for sure. 
After that, I have Lost Without You by Freya Ridings, who is a singer-songwriter that I've been into a lot lately. She has an amazing voice. Is that the redheaded chick? Yeah. Yeah, she's fucking red. She writes all of her own music. She writes all, does all of her own composition on piano and everything, and her voice is absolutely phenomenal. That song is just, I mean, exactly how it's titled, Lost Without You, is about like how she didn't realize how important somebody was in her life until she didn't have them. And I guess it could also be taken as like a, a breakup type of thing. Yeah. The way I was presented, it, I seen it in Power, like one of, when one of the main characters died, and there was a casket being lowered into the oh, ground. Oh, so that association... The song starts off with like standing on the platform watching you go is like the first yeah, words yeah. of the song and then like it was as the casket was being lowered. So I guess I always associated it with death Definitely. when I seen it. But it is a really good song. A side note, she does have a new record that just came out on Friday. Uh, I will have copies in store next week, but definitely go check out her music if you're a fan of singer songwriter stuff. Oh, and her dad is Peppa Pig. I think I told you that. Oh, yeah, you he did played, tell me or that. Or not Peppa Pig, Papa Pig, yeah, or whatever, Papa whatever Pig. the name of yeah. the dad is. But when Peppa I was, Pig. When I was looking into her, it was like the daughter of so-and-so, famous actor. And I was like, oh, actor, like, what did he do? And uh, he's he's the dad pig in Peppa Pig, which That's I thought was funny. funny. Yeah. But I don't, she hasn't gotten that big yet. I mean, she's broken a few records but as far as like charting goes and in the states I don't see a whole lot of people talking about her quite yet. I I um I think she'll get there though. Saw a picture of her this morning on Instagram. She was in like her little office room holding up her new record. I'm sure you saw it. Yeah. And she had a lot of fucking records on her walls from the other countries, but my last song about death is the classic Misfits Last Chorus. Damn, that's a good one too. Mine is nowhere near in that genre of music. But see, like, you kind of, yeah, it's like, I don't know, that's just, that's where my mind went, I guess. And, um, yeah. That's what made this one a little tough, though, because there's so many different elements to songs about death. Like, Last Caress could be taken as a death song. I mean, there's a million and one death metal songs that are, like, Acid Bath you had on there. I kept Suicide out of it. There's the whole other side of the spectrum. Like, yeah, Suicide, like, you could pick one of any Joy Division songs. <laughs> That's and, what uh, I, I mean. I, yeah. I, we could make, what, probably a whole episode on sub-death fucking songs, maybe? Yeah, easily. Episode 325, watch yep. out for it. Uh, <laughs> My last was Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday. Oh, that's a fucking good one, man. Which, if nobody's familiar with the song, is obviously about slaves being lynched, and which I didn't know actually up until a while back that it was written by a white Jewish guy. And they, like, that guy gave the song to Billie to perform. But, I mean, that song right there is like, it's very dark and dreary, and it doesn't ever say exactly what it's talking Which about makes it the best but like when you really look into it you're like oh my god that is like it's like horrifying and chilling but like beautiful song at the same right. time it's- that's kind of um for me that song is a perfect example of somebody that there's people that 
listen to it, and then there's people that fucking like feel listen it. to yeah. it, feel it, yeah, hear yeah. it. Like it's there's not a just difference between noise. yeah, there's a difference between listening to something and then just listening, like it's there and it's in the it's around right. your area, and then there's the people who are like consuming that shit, like getting like what she felt like. Yeah, yeah, empathetic to how she felt singing the song, and she's the best at conveying that. Yeah. you know, because there's a I have a live record of hers where she sings that song, and you can hear her like sobbing while yeah, singing yeah. the song. All right, moving on to live albums. Now this one is where I I mixed it up probably the best, I guess. Yeah, I got a good mix. So my first live album is the Last Waltz by the band. That's a good one. I, me and Steve were just listening to that yesterday. Yeah, it's um, I love. Well, I love the band and that. The last, I don't know what needs to be said if anybody hasn't seen it. I have performances the, are amazing by everyone in there. Muddy Waters, yeah. fucking. I have the Criterion Collection DVD of that, uh, right or Blu-ray on. of it. I mean, three LP set. If you don't get the documentary or whatever. My first, I have Millie Jackson live and uncensored which is, like, one of the funnest live albums that I personally own. It's almost, like, half stand-up comedy, and then, like, the other half is, like, raunchy, funky, kind of Betty Davis-style music. And she's just, like... I mean, she talks about, like, pissing on people and shit and, like, all this crazy stuff to come out (laughs) in the late 70s. Yeah. She does this, uh, there's a song on there called The Fuck You Symphony, and it's um, directed towards people that, like, at that time bought her stuff but, like, hid it because they were like, they were like, oh, like, you'll be out at the store buying my shit, but then, like, you don't put it up in your collection, you kind of hide it, and you're, you got Beethoven and Bach and stuff out there (laughs) pretending like you listening to classical music, but, like, when people leave, you're playing Millie, and she does this symphony and it's called the Fuck You Symphony, and it's just her saying fuck you throughout a symphonic song all, like, through the whole thing. To, it's fucking hilarious. I gotcha. It's fucking tight. I'll borrow it to you sometime. It's a funny record. And it's really good. I mean, it's funky. Like, she gets down. Like, the, the musicians that yeah, are playing yeah. behind her band in there, like, it's fucking killer. My next live album is Obituaries, 10,000 Ways to Die. Do you have that one on there? No. I thought you might have. I did, and then I swapped it for something. Because I was trying to touch on a little bit of everything, Mm -hmm. and I have some that are kind of the same genre, but then I had, like, I was trying not to put too many metal things on there. Right. uh, But I do have uh, um, two kind of. Metal one. One metal and one more kind of industrial. Well, um, one notable thing I think about 10,000 Ways to Die is, like, if it was not for the actual crowd clapping and cheering, you can't even fucking tell it's a live album. That's how tight that band is. We've said that before, but... Yeah. um, I thought about putting one of those two other live records that came out on there, but they kind of cheat the live a little bit, so I didn't just because of that. I got it. But 10,000 Ways to Die is, and it's a phenomenal show. Centuries of Lies and Visions in My Head. Like, those two tracks kind of squished right there, you know, four and five. I, that's probably my favorite little section in there, actually. Yeah. Next, Ryan. Uh, I've got Erica Badu's live Ooh, album. That's a good one, too. 
Um, she does a cover of Shaka Khan's Stay on there that is absolutely amazing. Um, but just the whole album in general is really good. It's a, I only own the CD. They didn't, they did do a record pressing of it, but it was kind of like a, a promo type of thing, but I've never been able to find it. Right. Impossible or retardedly expensive. Yeah. But some of like the, my favorite versions of her songs being sung are on that live record. Gotcha. Um, my next one, which I was trying to remember if it was on like our first episode about influences, but uh, whatever. Social D's live at the Roxy. Yeah, that was on there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, every track is fucking awesome. Uh, that was I like especially like four. four. I especially like track four, the beginning, Prison Bound. There's a little talking part right before he gets into that song that's pretty funny and even more funny today. I mean, it's got even worse. I'll put it on the uh, playlist and you can laugh with me. <laughs> uh, after that, I have Nine Inch Nails and All That Could Have Been. I like it. Like, they took a lot of the songs from Pretty Hate Machine and redid them like years down the road okay. at this time. And they're a lot more gritty and heavier. And it's just a through and through an amazing show. It's a really good concert. Well, my last one. You should have one more still. Or two more still. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, I have two more. I skipped this one. It's kind of jazz, so I didn't want to do it. Like you said, all jazz, but this is fucking too good. Sinatra at the Sands with Quincy Jones and Count Basie. I knew you were going to put that on there. Dude, it just... I don't know how I knew, but I just it, knew. And it's, it's like a fucking great album. It's the record but... I use. I would use to like set my speakers. It sounds that fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, I have a yeah. I have an older copy of that record. And yeah, so and it has all his hits on it. Quincy Jones and Count Basie and Sinatra, I mean, that's all you really gotta say there. Yeah, it's three giants performing under the same roof. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And in a place that no longer exists. Uh I have Opeth's Lamentations, which was their first live album. Um they've done Four live records, the Roundhouse tapes. They did one like that was at an orchestral hall. That it was good, but like Michael's voice was kind of not as on point as it usually is. And then they did a live at the Red Rocks show and the Garden of the Titans, I think it was called. Gotcha. But um, Limitations is. I mean, it's crazy like how clear that man screams and how like powerful his voice is. And I just always love that record just because of how well it represents their catalog of music. I have the DVD that uh, John gave me, actually, like a while ago. And then I have a CD copy of it as well. What's your last one? My last album is War Zones, Old School and New School. That's a good one, too. And um, opens up with Can I Get a Witness, Uh, Wasted Life's on there, Drug Free Youth, Break Down the Walls, the fucking... Youth of the Day cover, Crazy But Not Insane, Judgment Day is live at C- there's In the Mirror at CBGB's. It's kind of like a almost a compilation fucking yeah. thrown together record. I've been listening to Warzone's first few records a bunch lately. Yep. That's the um in fact I'm I believe I'm wearing a war yeah, I'm wearing a Warzone t shirt today. So yeah, man, those are mine. My last one is Live at Carnegie Hall, Bill Withers, which to me Ooh, I think I have is that album too. I think is like one of the best live albums just period ever, even, yeah. ever made. 
And I actually had grandma's hands on my songs about death for quite a while, uh-huh. like in the original part of making my list, but then I had to make room for some other shit. I think I swapped Strange Fruit for Grandma's Hands. Uh, but Grandma's Hands was just personal to me just because of, uh, like, my grandma passed away, like, not that long ago, and yeah. her and I were really close. And then in the live album, he talks about, like, how him and his grandma were really close. Oh, right on. So that was cool. But, I mean, just, like, his singing and playing and, like, emotion that goes into that concert is phenomenal. If you're going to own one Bill Withers record, it, like, absolutely has to be that record. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, no questions asked. Yep. But anyways, that's that. Before we get out of here, uh, one, next week we will have Stu Bangas on the show. Uh, <laughs> who, if you listen to the West Nile episode, he did the production for Wicked Life of Crime. Um, he's worked with Apathy. He's worked with Vinnie Paz. He's worked with like countless amount of artists we'll get into. If when it we says Stu Bangers, we listen to it. Yeah. This is a fucking great honor for us, man. It's going to be fucking solid. Yeah, and he's a a really nice and cool guy. So the, like the interview where uh, we've been putting together stuff for the last week already and then we'll be putting together more stuff. So definitely looking forward to that. Go check out the playlist for the episode. Jeremy will be uploading everything that we talked about in here. Um, I'm not going to put this in the episode description just because it'll fill up too much room, but like I said, the playlist will be in the episode description. I'll put that there. Uh, go follow our social media accounts um, for the podcast, our personal accounts, etc. Share our stuff. Get it out there. Do your part to help us do our part. Hit us up with uh, any ideas, questions, yeah, comments. Questions, ideas, comments, concerns. If you got shit that you'd like us to cover on the show that you're interested in that you know, think you think might make a good topic, then feel free to reach out. Like, if it's something I feel we can make an episode out of, then we'll do it. We'll do it. We got no problem doing that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like we said in the beginning, this was just kind of something we threw together just for fun, just as a placeholder to keep releasing weekly. Um, when I post this on Instagram, feel free to reach out with some of your favorites, comments in the comment section. We I don't appreciate it. everybody for listening. And, uh, yeah, follow me at Daggerface, follow him at Soundwave Slave, and have a good fucking day.